Hello and welcome to the DMBA podcast where we share business confidence for designers. Um, today with me, as always, is Franz. Um, hey. And today, again, it's Tom, our producer. Hey, Tom. Hey, Alan. Hey, Franz. Um, well, hopefully your Wi-Fi stays stable because you're going to play a crucial role in this one, Tom. Mm. So uh, per your suggestion, we're going to do a mailbag episode. So um, Tom pitched us an idea for like, hey, why don't we do a different type of episode? And uh, Why don't we um, bring in the questions from listeners, from people interested in the topic? Um Weirdly, it never crossed our mind that we could do this, so <laughs> it kind of makes sense, but uh, we needed the push from Tom's side to do it. So uh, maybe why don't you kind of introduce it, Tom, uh, what's the format for today and how are we going to do this? Cheers, Alan. Yeah, um, so a bit of an experiment and thank you for kind of indulging uh, the idea. So the concept is... Um, a kind of anonymous mailbag. So I think there's a lot of people out there, particularly in design, that maybe have questions about business, business knowledge, um, the relationship between the two, maybe questions that they'd like to ask, but they maybe don't always feel comfortable asking things they Mm. feel they should know. And sometimes it being anonymous, people can be a bit more open with their questions. We have this concept Mm. in the UK, I don't know if you have it, um, of magazine columns called the the Agony Aunt or the Agony Uncle, which is this kind of um, sage who gives you life advice and you send them an anonymous post. Basically, you two are going to be people's business design agony uncles for the next hour or so. So. I want a (laughs) t-shirt. Like that can be arranged 20 years older <laughs> why don't we call this episode business design agony uncle why not <laughs> so um this is our first stab at it like you said um and i've been sourcing some anonymous questions from people in my network um if this goes well we're gonna open it up and we're trying to build a way to collate these questions from the wider community but for today we've got six questions Alan and Franz haven't seen these in advance um, so we're gonna you know debate a little bit on the call and it'll be really interesting to see your different perspectives on people's questions they need your advice on so mm. all sound good we're we ready to go with question one sounds good I just want to share a quick story before we start which is like <laughs> which is the fact that we discussed whether we should see the questions in advance or not <laughs> and um uh, Franz is a type of a person who loves to think everything through before he says it, especially like in a recorded format. So he was pushing for, no, no, I need to see the questions. Uh, I need to correct this here. <laughs> I I said, okay, my first instinct is that I want to see the question. And you said, yeah, true. But I then agree, you yeah. turned it around. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> True. Okay. Um, but then it was me who said, okay, I'm okay with being flexible. And then you followed the lead. Um, yeah. So it, it even needed was, another push from Tom, actually. Exactly. Yeah. Tom, Tom also said, well, I also think it's going to be better. So can we get France to also this? And then I Yeah, because in between, you wanted to have at least topics, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I don't need a question. Yeah. Tell me the broad topic. So yeah, um, it could happen we don't have an answer. But let's see. Of course. 
Yeah, let's see. And this is revenge because um, some viewers might have or listeners might have seen that we did a a quiz episode recently, um, which was sprung upon me with about 10 minutes notice. And I didn't know what any of those questions were going to be. So, you know, uh, we'll see see how things go. But yeah. okay, let's go on with did. okay. Yeah. 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 Um, Should definitely check that out if you haven't. Perfect score. Um, Cool. Are we ready to go then? Yep. Brilliant. Okay. Letter number one in the DMBA mailbag. Um, Dear Alan and Franz, I've been reading a lot more about business strategy over the last 12 months. It's been particularly helpful to learn what makes a good strategy versus a bad one. I now realize that I'm subjected to what I think is bad strategy quite often at the organization I work. As a problem solver and head of design for this company, it's hard to resist the urge to try and jump in and fix the process and outcomes that might be contributing to the bad business strategies. How do you think I should go about trying to influence the company to shift from a bad business strategy towards a good or a great one? Alan, do you want to start us off? That's a great question, but it's, 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 a, it's a tough one. Yeah, it's a tough one. It depends on. So, do, do we have any uh, context on the size of the company? We we, we do. Um, it's a it's a global company. There's about 150 people in the UK, but um, they are owned by a larger company which has tens of thousands right. of people. But this person is working in a, a business unit that's kind of a bit more independent, um, but still quite sizable. So, I think they're probably having to deal more with that that element of the company. Um, but yeah, it has scale. Right. And and just remind me, this person is head of design or? Yes, head of design. Got it. Okay. So obviously the reason I'm asking is because the answer would be different if you're in a small startup versus huge corporate. And this one seems to be somewhere in between. And, um, and that's, yeah, it, it, it's not, it's not easy answer i mean in a startup i think it's a little bit easier in a in this setup i think what you want to do is uh, basically first understand where you stand with your political power within the company because if you if the maturity design maturity within the company is such that design is still seen as an execution arm or even it's uh, bundled below the marketing department then i think it's just fighting an uphill battle that maybe you just shouldn't try to fight at this stage maybe then it's more about first getting design more say and then getting to the strategy bucket um because i think ultimately i mean but if design is at the stage where you kind of have the say uh also in more strategic matter then i think the way to do it is through something that we call business storytelling um so what you can do is basically trying to now find analogies of companies who... So let's say you, you found a certain, like, let's say, uh, a concept or like you see a problem with the business strategy that the, your company has. You The best thing to do is to try to find a company that did a similar mistake and uh, then try to kind of explain this through business storytelling through to others. So the what is the business storytelling, you know, and the nuggets are basically 
stories of other companies. And that works really well. You know, like the same thing that works with user storytelling, it also works with business storytelling. And founders love to hear those things and CEOs love to, to hear those things. And basically, frankly, the whole business school is just one big business storytelling. It's just like reading about business stories from other people and trying to like um, see the patterns be behind because business is not, is not a science. And um, so, yeah, going back, so the what is the business storytelling? There's still the tricky part is when and where, you know, who do you tell it to at what stage? And I think that it all comes to finding the right person to explain this to uh, at the right moment. And this is probably not what most designers think. So the answer is not like, oh, I'm going to be in this meeting, the super important meeting, and I'm going to point to the table and say, this is wrong. And here is what we should do because... Here I have a great render that's showing that blue color is going to help us or whatever, you know, like a different business strategy. Uh, it's more about like working your way through maybe lunch meetings and stuff and just trying to go through one by one. Uh, uh, so speaking to individuals within the company, trying to understand their point of view. And what we have to be aware of, sorry, last thing front before I hand it over, is that business strategy is not a thing that's just changed in a whim. It is usually, business strategy is a thing that companies don't change. Some don't change ever, you know, because it's a fundamental decision you take. So don't expect it to be fast, you know. That's a long answer. The short answer is maybe you should leave. (laughs) 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 You should leave your company. It's a good point. Sometimes sometimes it's like, I've done as much as I can do here, but um, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I love I love the idea of the it is a long play. It's you know you've got to have real patience, particularly at scale. And that storytelling piece is so powerful. But um, yeah, a lot of lot of making relationships as part of that. Um, Franz, any thoughts? Yeah. I really like that this person says they know what um, strategy is, good strategy and the best strategy. Um, and I think this is the nice thing to let's say, deconstruct strategy in its parts. So as soon as we try to say, hey, I want to now redo our strategy, it's all like, that's like, no, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) But what if we could like go after certain parts of strategy? And we know that strategy is trade-off decisions. And it's maybe not one trade-off decision. It's always like one core trade-off decisions, but it's maybe... A line of trade-off decisions. It's being different from other companies. Um, strategy also has certain parts when it comes to place, when it comes to activities. I mean, if they read this book, um, then that's all good. I don't need to go into more detail. But what I'm trying to say is, let's like don't change the strategy. Let's change like piece by piece and ask, hey, what is if we do this? What is the trade-off decision here? If we do this, how are we different from our competitor? Mm. If we do this, which place in the market do we want to hit? And this way we can basically impact strategy without impacting strategy as a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really useful if you're not in the place to be working on the strategy, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and secondly, um, it's also like companies 
from my experience, they're not like usually working on strategy constantly, right? It's more like that set and then kind of people know what to do and then you work away and then you're like, whenever you want to shut somebody off, you're like, that's not our strategy. But if you could work on like things piece by piece, step by step on sub questions where nobody even realizes that you're changing strategy, that's, I think, a promising one. Just to build on this Totally. I think it's a great advice. Just don't use the word strategy at all. If you want to make the change, don't use the word strategy because then people's guard, you know, just goes up. And secondly, yeah, identify the main trade-off. For example, like let's say it's a software company and maybe the trade-off is proprietary software versus open source software. You know, that could be a strategic decision because you can't do both. It's either one or the other. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, maybe you just need to go through implications of each decision for this department for this uh decision for business model for everything and basically just through um through argumentation get to the reason why we should move from x to y and uh, as designer the thing we could bring to the table is maybe the user perspective you know like okay these are the business perspectives why we should do this and but we also did research and the market is telling us that actually this approach would work better great Really, really useful. And they, you know, it's great that this person, they're a designer and they're, you know, immersing themselves in the world of business strategy. They understand the value of, uh, of that. If there were any, if you're recommending um, someone else follow this designer's path in trying to educate themselves a bit more in business strategy, any books, resources um, that you might recommend that come to mind? I'm guessing the book they've read is Good Strategy, Bad Strategy uh, by, I think, Rumlet. Mm -hmm. um then uh blue ocean strategy i think is it's a must mm. um what else i mean they're both great slightly yeah. different in their approach but yeah there's also a really good essay from michael porter um on the difference between strategy basically defines strategy i think it's called yeah. what is strategy um and it's 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 really important it basically explains the difference between strategy and between being different and being better mm. and basic strategy is about being different not just better great maybe we'll put a few links to that in the the notes for this one yeah the last thing i would like to say it's short rant is there was a few years back i went into um and got into a twitter battle with uh two designers from what was it? A, a huge VC-backed startup. And basically, I see Front is smiling already. Do you know which, which one I'm talking about? No? Oh. So it was basically, uh, the tweet that they wrote was like, hey, strategy is basically a plan. And my response was, strategy, I mean, strategy has a plan, but it's not just a plan, you know? Mm. And they were coming at me saying, like, you were just trying to make it more complicated than it is. But it's like, no, strategy is not just a plan. And this is what a lot of people think it is. Strategy is making trade of decisions. And this involves a plan. Mm. Um, so maybe for those who who are also listening to this and aren't aware of what the strategy is. So strategy is really fundamentally just about finding decisions where you need to make a choice between X or Y and you can't have both. Yeah. So it's a trade of decision making, and that's why it's not merely planning, but it does involve plans. Nice. 
Really good, good advice. Good way to wrap up that question, I think. This person does have a slightly tongue-in-cheek follow-up question as well, which I think is an interesting provocation. I don't think there's necessarily one answer to it. Um, but they say, who would win in a battle between a business strategy, a product strategy, and a brand strategy? Any <laughs> thoughts on that one? I think we've probably seen examples where some of those can can win out over others in certain situations. Nah, it's not a no. battle at all. <laughs> it should be aligned, though. Yeah, <laughs> I don't see a battle here, honestly. I mean, in the best case, you have a business strategy that is followed by a good product strategy, which is followed by a good brand strategy. And if you your product sucks you might be able to have a good brand and then it might be able to be successful for a while but after all it's gonna backfire and if the business strategy as a basis doesn't work then you're gonna lose money eventually so yeah. i don't really think it's a i mean it might be a battle short term it might be a battle from people mm. working on it but ultimately if they're not aligned it's not gonna work out yeah yeah just to give you an example like okay so business strategy for example is something called low-cost strategy it means a company is trying to do its best to offer uh, products in that category at the lowest or let's say most affordable prices think about ikea so when you think about ikea's brand strategy does it strike you as premium or affordable and approachable it's definitely approachable right yeah um so now imagine you would go into ikea and it would look premium you know like black i don't know tiles you know like dimmed lights a bespoke service and then you see that price like on a tag that's just hanging from a couch it's just like so, there's a disconnect there and ultimately it wouldn't work because the investment necessary in sustaining that brand wouldn't work with the prices so I think ultimately, um, maybe the question is more like, who's going to win, a business person or a designer? <laughs> well, <laughs> in, the end, <laughs> in, the end, in the end, it could depend who has a better argument, but at, uh, you know, usually who wins, it's the one who pays the bills. Mm, I think it's a yeah, really good point. I think when I was initially saw this question, I was thinking, can you win with one of these being good and the others maybe being deprioritized. Oh. And I think the ultimate winner, the long-term one, to your point, Franz, which I think is the really key point, is for longevity, all three need to be aligned. But I think we've all yep. seen products, and this is the one that springs to mind for me, where the business strategy might be flawed, but the brand execution is really good. Um, mm. And so, yeah, short-term sales and hype might be good, but it, it doesn't have substance long-term. Yeah, I think if you want to have short-term wins, then brand strategy wins. You <laughs> can completely disregard yeah. your business strategy. You can disregard your product strategy. If you have the great brand, then short-term brand strategy wins uh, because it's maybe even better. Yeah, better sold if you have if you only had like a great product strategy. But long-term, we all know what's going to happen mm. if you have. I, I'm just thinking of the juicers, the mm. Silicon Valley juicer yeah. that had, you know... These you could just squeeze them out, things. right? You didn't need and the machine. After, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this razor blade strategy, uh, razor blade uh, business model where you had to buy this 
juicer and then you've bought these bags and it was huge investment it was app enforced and so on and then in the end it turned out that you could just squeeze the bags and everything else was completely worthless <laughs> so brand actually won short term but after all everything collapsed great example and they, it won really good short term because they had like i don't know who even i'm not gonna name drop but it was like celebrities and high level um like vcs high level investors mm. in this startup and then they it completely went sideways hundreds of millions right investments mm. yeah mm. yeah great so example that would be an example of a brand strategy winning short term and then it hitting the fan <laughs> mm. Let me see lots of businesses that have been around forever that have great business strategy and clearly resonates, but maybe don't need to invest in brands quite so much um, because they might be the only player in the market. So it's interesting. I think it's an interesting provocation. And, yeah. um, and you know, when you're looking at other sure. businesses thinking, ah, where, where, which levers are they pulling more than others? But yeah, I love the juicer, um, juicer one. Cool. Well, that's sure. an interesting thought. Mm. I, oh, I, often come across companies where i feel like how is it possible that they're still making money <laughs> because they're along so that like they have been along um around so long and nothing has changed and you're like how is this possible mm. i the, i always get this feeling when i buy one of these um candy bars like snickers like how long has snickers been around mm. like how is this mm. possible mm. And it still works. I haven't seen any advertising for this in yeah. years. And it's still like, it works. It's one thing I, I'm starting to realize more and more um, is I think we as designers, we love to over-index on the product strategy and we forget about the distribution strategy. And like, you can build a great product, but if it doesn't have good distribution, it's just not going to fly. And Snickers, it's an example of a, of a product with an amazing, top-notch, world-class distribution. And even if the product kind of sucks and it's not great. It's awesome. It's just <laughs> gonna, yeah, I mean, taste-wise, right? But <laughs> the, the, the thing is like, these, it's, if you have a strong distribution, you can survive many, many, you know, uh, mistakes elsewhere. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Really interesting answers there. Um, great. Let's move on to the next question then. So, ready? Mm -hmm. Sure. Excellent. Dear Alan and Franz, I keep hearing that business metrics are an important thing for me to understand more about. I understand why this is valuable, but I hate numbers and maths. How can I make it more fun to learn about, or is this just a pain barrier I need to go through? So, I mean, it. this is, I think, more like a pedagogy question than actually a design question. And what I would say is, like, think about a company you really like and love. So when I was uh, still attending a business school, I was very much following the Premier League, you know, and a lot of uh, clubs are public companies. So what you can do is basically just go online and say, hey, Ars give me Arsenal's annual report and you can start digging into numbers. 
And I was interested, okay, are these companies making money? Are they not making money? And it was just basically this curiosity that led me in understanding, oh, okay, Arsenal is smaller than Real Madrid. Um, and they actually make more money through selling tickets than they do through, I don't know, selling TV rights. And you start to understand how uh-huh, okay, money comes from this and from selling players, from uh, selling tickets, from... <laughs> so many other things and it's basically you know switching what's on top of your learning so instead of thinking i'm learning about numbers you're basically hey i just want to learn about how this company does well and then this is going to be so much easier to go and to suffer through those numbers because the best way to learn is still like to not uh you know go and try to learn every single metric, but it's more like contextually, you get to a roadblock, which is a certain thing that sounds unbelievably complicated, like EBITDA. What is this weird looking word? E-B-A-T-D-A? Oh man. And then you go and Google it and you see, okay, it's not that complicated. And now in the context, I understand it better. So that would be my advice. Find a company. And luckily in the UK, you have public companies for every limited company. How is it called? House of companies? Or? A company's house. Company's house. You can look up any, house, anyone's exactly. uh, accounts. By the way, that's my hobby. Like I go uh, every business I encounter in my real life. Because we have the same thing in Slovenia. Uh, so it's all the companies are, uh, all the data is public. So you go into a coffee shop, you can just look it up and see are they profitable or not. And it's it's a great learning uh, experience to get a feeling for sizes of the companies, for profitability. Um, so that's what you can do. In the UK, it's it's super easy. Nice. Yeah. Franz, any, any thoughts? Well, very similar. And also... The thing why I smile is that, I mean, I went to business school for five years and I went like I did my bachelor's and master's and I had finance and I had like all like I'm pretty solid at my knowledge about metrics, but for all of my education, I hated maths and numbers. I hated it. Like I was so bad in high school. I almost failed. And the only thing that kept me going was, for example, um, you know, when you need to understand a logic to calculate something. And that's what kept me alive in this. So if you just throw numbers on my table, I'm like, no. But if it's like, okay, I can use these numbers to understand something, then I'm lighting up. And that's exactly what actually business metrics are. So if you look at it like this, it's almost like doing user research. Mm. Like you, everything we do as designers is like we try to understand how something works, why something is in a way, and numbers are exactly the same thing. Like if you want to know what, how much things you need to sell in order to be covering your cost, that's break even. So if I sh- just show you like a like division, then you're gonna be like no. But if I like, ex- like tell you this sentence, you're like, mm. oh yeah, that's interesting. Uh, obviously, if I sell something, I need to know how many pieces I need to sell in order to cover my fixed cost. And if you go towards this with this logic of, actually, this is going to help me understand how things on this planet and in our business world works, then I think it's 
awesome fun. And that's why I am now actually this weird guy who likes to do Excel sheets and yeah. who likes to do these calculations and whenever something happens in Excel within the DMBA, I'm the first one to go there, but I almost failed school in maths. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. That's great advice from both of you. I think, you know, give it some context, Franz, is what you're mm -hmm. saying, right? Like explain yeah. why these things matter. Uh, and Alan, that, that example of like finding something you're passionate about and then dive into the numbers around that. I think that's like, yeah, super powerful. Um, yeah, nice. Just I, why didn't I have that at school? Like, like I hated maths at school and now I love it. Um, and yeah, if it had been brought to life more around, you know, Premier League or, you know, um, how businesses work, it would have really brought it to life. I think we were all excited about numbers in a certain sense, mm. you know, you just need to find what I think is maybe it's the margins, mm. you know, like when as a designer working with margins and so on. So it's just about the context. I think that's that you need and you need to change the context and get excited about it. Brilliant. Great advice. Got a it's kind of related, similar question from somewhere else as a, uh, I think a, a useful follow-up was, I'm just getting started with understanding business metrics. If you could choose one business metric to get started with that has the most value maybe when it comes to design, what would it be and why? When it comes to design, I would have to think about it, but like the, the thing that is the most, the most fundamental thing is always revenue and profit. These are the first two things I always try to understand for any business. And if you don't understand this for your business, you're making a huge, huge, like how can you even work in a company you don't have a feeling for how big it is? Mm -hmm. I really don't understand mm -hmm. that because you you just don't have the feeling for like what kind of decisions you can take, what is a good suggestion, what is a bad suggestion. So the first thing, not even as a designer, like anyone working in any company is like just having a feeling for revenue of this company mm -hmm. and you know, profitability or at least profit margin. And that's easy to yeah. look up. Like maybe you can't, maybe you can ask someone within the company, but if you can't, um, you can maybe even figure it out somehow on your own. And in terms of the profit margin, you can usually just look up average profit margin and then type in your industry. Maybe it's SaaS, maybe <coughs> it's banking, maybe it's, I don't know, insurance. And you can just kind of find it. And if your company is a huge company, you can just find all the data in annual reports. Mm, so that's my quick answer, but I'll think through while Franz is answering if there's something more related to design. Mm, actually, I don't have, like, I think here it's also this understanding of, it's not about understanding one metric, like what is revenue, what is profit. Much more important is what's the revenue of my company and what does it mean? What's the profit of my company? What does it mean? Uh, because like, the first one is really boring, right? If I told you, hey, you need to learn what EBITDA is. I mean, no, I don't want to. But if you like think about, okay, what leads to this? Then it's like, ah, okay, my company has this much revenue. It has this much cost. The cost is allocated to personnel, to rent, to, I don't know, production. And then you all of a sudden understand like how does this work? So again, don't start with like a metric and try to, I mean, obviously you can go to Investopedia and just Google what this metric is, but it's going to be mostly boring. Mm. But if you try to understand what it means, then it's nice. Mm. And then I would say a metric that's most important for designers, I 
Do you already have an answer? I don't actually. I think it's the same revenue and profit. I mean, it's important for every person within every company. But the only thing I would add is like for each company, each maybe even each team has the most important metric. You keep hearing about it all the time. So you probably know already know what it is. Just try to understand it a little bit better. What affects it? What goes into it? How we can manipulate it? Um, so just start with this one. Usually it is one that matters and for a team for a department right yeah and it's one that matters for team and then also usually even when you think about big bosses huge companies thousands of employees usually those ceos have to make a lot of simplifications in their decision making and it's like oh this quarter we only care about this number you know and then They over-index sometimes on it, but at least like you have to simplify and even they simplify things. Yeah, perfect. Cool. Yeah, I like those two questions. I think broadly your answer is, yeah, the same sort of wheelhouse there. Okay, I've got, a, this is a, a longer question, um, quite different to the last two, but um, caught my eye because it's someone who shares a passion that I have. So, uh, dear Alan Franz, I've been a freelance designer for over 10 years but I've always wanted to put my skills into starting my own business in something other than design. I'm really passionate about coffee and would love to start a coffee-related business, but not a coffee shop. I'm sure there must be opportunities for me to, to bring the value of design to other areas of the coffee industry, such as production, distribution, sales, but I don't know where to start. Are there any business tools or processes you would recommend I use to uncover business opportunities for design in another industry like this? Nice. Great question. Who, who doesn't love coffee and who's a designer, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> And we're going to talk about one of my uh, favorite tools. Go, go ahead. Go for it. Uh, value chain. So value chain and ecosystem maps. So... A value chain is something that helps you understand a product from the sourcing to the user. And it's most suited also for like hardware stuff or things where you actually have products and not only software. So what you can do is you can look at the steps that are needed in order to like have a coffee at the table in a coffee house or have a coffee in the shelf of a supermarket. And these steps usually include, obviously, the point of sale, uh, sometimes even something after the point of sale. Then you have a um, manufact, you have a distribution, you have a manufacturer, you have a um, producer, um, you have raw materials, and depending on the industry, many steps in between. And what you can do is you can try to understand these um, steps and find out where there is potential and what um what um yeah what challenges they have what opportunities there might be and if you want to go one step deeper then you can draw what's called an ecosystem map for one of these actors so if you're like okay distribution seems to be really hard here um let's have a look at distribution and see what this company in the center of distribution 
who are the actors, who are they um, working with, what's the flow of goods, money, and information, so you can dive deep. So these two tools for me are um, really great ones for exploration and understanding the market. Um, yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. And an opportunity to put some research skills to the test as well that a lot of designers have. Yeah. Yeah, and visualization. Maybe go work in a, in a coffee shop. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, one of the tips that uh, one of our case study founders gives, so the founder of uh, VanMove, is if you want to understand an industry, just become a distributor. And very quickly, by becoming a distributor, you're going to learn about the value chain and who is the strongest player. Um, because that's, and I, I think the person asking this question is already business savvy because by them not wanting to open a coffee shop, they're making a great choice. Coffee shops are notoriously bad business. Restaurants are notoriously bad businesses. By the way, yesterday I checked my hobby. I checked uh, profitability of a Michelin, uh, one-star Michelin restaurant um, in, in Slovenia. And I was just amazed by their negative profitability. So it's like every year they're making 10%, whatever their revenues, 10% of that is basically, it's a 10% negative profitability. So let's say if they're making 1 million in revenue, they're making 100,000 loss a year, right? Wow. This is not exact numbers, but just give you, giving you an example. Um, and this is like top level restaurant. So um, coffee shops, not far off, you know, like, I mean, it's, it's just notoriously hard business. So I totally agree with what Franz is saying. And um, I actually just asked, asked uh, Chad GPT about the strongest player in the value chain of the coffee. And it seems to be companies involved in processing, training, and retailing coffee. And examples are Nestle, Starbucks, and so on. So it seems like the most value in this value chain is not created towards the end, mm. which is where we usually like to play as designers. Like, let me create a coffee shop. Let me be, the, I don't know, or I'll just create, um, I'll, I'll outsource the, the making of the coffee, and I'll just put the... Um, the brand on top it seems that in this case actually it does go towards the beginning of the value chain so dear dear listener you have to get your hands dirty <laughs> coffee roaster yeah brilliant yeah god it, i mean designers love coffee don't we and i'm like you say i, I know a few des designers personally who have gone into the coffee shop business and you, as you say, notoriously difficult. So yeah, look a little sooner in the, in the process. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Last question and kind of related to what you were just, uh, the tool you were just using there, um, Alan. So dear Alan and Franz, I keep reading that AI is going to take designers jobs. I'm not sure that's true. I would like to improve the chances that I don't get replaced by a robot one day. If mm -hmm. you were going to AI proof your design career, what things would you be doing now to stay in business by the year 2030? I would start using AI in my process to understand it better. I think ultimately, I think people will use the AI now in the beginning, some non-designers thinking that they can not use designers. I actually had this discussion yesterday. So a friend of mine told me, I played with Dal E and the results were horrible, like really, really bad. And um, what we learned through the discussion was that actually he didn't have the language 
to explain what he wants from that E. You know, he didn't know what, I don't know, he didn't know that he needs to explain the background and what, what maybe, um, how to explain different colors and how to explain, I don't know, mid-century style or he didn't have the language to basically work with the AI tool to help him. So yeah, that may change and people may get better with it. But I think ultimately the way to AI proof your career is to start using the tool because ultimately people who use it will be replaced by people who don't use it. Because ultimately still with AI, you need to make the decision in the end. Am I going to use this or not? And going back to the brand strategy, it's still your choice. Are you making a premium or affordable, for example? And that's something AI can't really tell you. You need to make the choice and talk to the users and get that data. So it will make us more uh, productive. We will be able to do designs faster, much, much faster. Um, so just start using it and uh, try to, you know, up your game in terms of the strategic design, in terms of applying design on a more strategic level. Which means you can also join the MBA and learn more about that. <laughs> <laughs> good timing, good plug. Um, yeah, Franz, anything to add add to that? No, honestly, not. That's spot on. Mm. Yeah, there was a really good interview you did recently, uh, Alan, with with your former colleague, yeah. Franz at IDO, which people should definitely check out because I think that dives into a lot of the opportunities and the fears, um, and is yeah. Just, just a real eye opener as far as new design roles, new, mm. new ways the technology can make us more efficient in the things that we yeah. probably have less value in anyway. Mm. Different France than I. Yeah, different exactly. France. Exactly. France yeah. <laughs> uh, Episode eighty-two, creative director at Pinterest. Yeah, really nice episode. Mm. Perfect. That's it. The mailbag is empty for this I have, episode. I have one more question for you, Tom. Ah. Did actually each listener start the question with dear Alan in front or did you just <laughs> <No>. add this? <laughs> I added that for, 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 for character, for texture. Nice, I, I might nice. take it out in future, but you know, no, um, keep it. I thought it was quite, quite nice. Uh, it makes it lettery. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Who knows? We might have a PO box. Maybe we'll get some handwritten letters in if this uh, gets popular. True. <laughs> Cool. That's yeah. That's it for for our you know experimental episode. And um, yeah, those are the those are the questions we had so far. I think yeah, it was really interesting to get your thoughts on those. Cool. Cool. Then thanks, Tom. Nice thanks, Franz. Um, if you um, listen till the end, you will probably also find uh, our mini MBA interesting. So mini MBA is like seven day email course. So you can find that at d.mba/mini-mba. So as I said, it's a new email course and over the course of seven days, you get seven emails and you get taught a few business concepts relevant for designers. So that's my last pluck and that's it. That's the part, I think. Brilliant. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Bye.